Welcome to the Blessed Be Birth podcast, a place for two birth workers to talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and motherhood through the lens of the Catholic faith. I'm Maggie. And I'm Gabby. Join us for our conversation about pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and how we can invite God in. Hello. Hello. Good evening, I guess. We're doing this at night. (laughs) I kind of like it. It's nice. I mean... We keep thinking Sydney's going to go to sleep, but she's not. So here we are. There's always one, right? Like there's always bound to be one who's going to be up and and doing something, whether they're teething or I don't know. My poor, one of my poor daughters has like, she'll sleepwalk some. And so there was one night where we were up like every couple of hours because she kept walking out of her bed and like was just not there. And so we had to like direct her back. So you never know what you're going to (laughs) find. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I would do if one of the kids is sleepwalking. My brother was a sleepwalker, like hardcore. (laughs) And, um, he, the worst time he like went up, he like, I guess he got out of bed. He's in the room next to me and he walked over to my bed and just stood there like staring at me. And I jolted away because, you know, you like feel that presence, yeah. like whenever someone's like staring over like your shoulder, or, like just just yeah. staring. And I screamed bloody murder because like I was like waking up. I just see this really tall figure. And like I had no idea. My It woke my brother up like from his like sleepy yeah. state. My mom came running in. She's like, oh, my gosh, like what happened? And my brother just stands there and he goes, I don't know. She's crazy. And he just like walked back to bed. <laughs> I'm like sleepwalkers, man. And apparently it can run in family. It's like apparently it can be like a genetic thing. So, and my dad was a sleepwalker too. So I'm like, oh, great. Like support God bless her. Like she, so, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. Yeah. Sleepwalking stories are always so fun. So oh it's just God. really interesting to hear them. Yeah. I mean, Kids just keep it interesting, literally, no matter what. No matter what. <laughs> How have you guys been lately? Good. Cam and I love cool weather, so I feel like we're both in, like, the best mood ever all day long. And, like, even going outside, like, we're so happy. The kids are happy because our kids don't like being hot either. So this is, like, our prime time right now. <laughs> we oh. love fall. So, yeah. But we've just been... Oh, actually, we've been kind of busy the past few weeks, and I I don't know if you ever find that like things come in waves, like play dates or like family events, and so it'll be like three weeks in a row that we just like have all these things happening, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, and then we like stay home for a week or two, and then I'm like, well, we need to get out of the house, and like it's hard sometimes to get back in that balance of doing things like a couple days a week and then having a few days home instead of like being out every day and then being home all day every week. Like I have to figure out that balance sometimes because I get out of that rhythm. So we're working on that. Oh no, I feel that too. It is. It's, but once you find that balance, you're like, yes, this is great. Like we're, you're able to, you know, do the errands that you need to do, like go and have those play dates. So you're not a home alone, crazy all by yourself, but then also, I don't know. And then you, of course you throw in those like things that you weren't expecting, like sickness and and appointments and stuff that, you know, you don't necessarily either remember or were excited to do, but yeah, finding that there's just nothing more satisfying than finding that rhythm. Like I'd love finding that, that rhythm and just like, just having a smooth sailing week. Like it's just so nice. It's so nice. It's so nice. Speaking of sickness though, did I tell you that I tried the garlic thing last week? 
<gasps> the garlic and honey, right? Yeah. And it worked. So I didn't even ferment it. I keep meaning to do that. Um, but I all of a sudden last Friday night, or maybe it was Thursday night, I don't remember. I was like driving to a, a, a postpartum visit with clients and I was leaving and I just started to feel like like a sore throat coming on and like all stuffy and I was like oh this is not good like I moms you know like we do not have time to get sick so I was like all right I'm finally gonna try it and I just minced up um, a clove of garlic and I put it in a spoonful of honey like raw honey and I just downed it the first like second was a little rough and I was like is this gonna go down um but it did and I mean I smelled like garlic all night but it's fine and I woke up and I feel like I even woke up about like 5 30 you know when you're sick and like your fever breaks and you like wake up it was kind of like that because I wasn't feeling good and I was having a hard time sleeping and then all of a sudden I woke up and I was like oh I I feel good and I felt fine the next day I felt like a little run down and tired but every other symptom was gone and I was like old yep done well you're the one who told me about the fermented garlic and honey so I started I made mine last week like like Rose and da- like Rose and Damien were helping me like shake oh. garlic to like peel peel like the cloves so we had a whole like morning where we were just like making the garlic and so I'm excited to try that now yeah. so I mean it's amazing what garlic can do actually I just learned in um prenatals today with Jen that apparently if you have GBS and you're worried about it like you can like have a raw clove of garlic and use it as a suppository and it'll like absorb into your body and you'll smell like garlic, you know, but like it can help he- like, you know, a- like a clean out that area um, of any unwanted bacteria. And so she said, apparently it's very effective. Also, you can just like swallow garlic whole too. It's just not going to target specifically that area, but like okay. I don't, just garlic is just so powerful. I think that's amazing. Oh. I know. And I do cook with fresh garlic. Like I'll use garlic powder every once in a while, but I always reach for like fresh garlic bulbs all the time. And I always add like three extra cloves and cold for because I just love it. <laughs> I'm trying to, I just planted my first round of garlic for uh, next year. So I, I harvested 10 cloves this year. They're kind of small, but um, oh, we're cool. doing, like, we already planted some this past week so Rose helped me plant some and now we're gonna plant some more hopefully this week now that it's kind of a bit dry because we got a lot of rain the other day so now that that's we, we're a bit more dry like I'm gonna start planting more garlic so that way we can just have it because we go through it so much right. it's just so healthy like it's I mean it makes everything just taste better like I just I love it I love garlic yeah you can't go wrong with garlic <laughs> so pro tip garlic garlic anyways that's not our topic for today but we are passionate about it (laughs) we are passionate about it apparently um well what is our topic today gabby golden hour i'm excited to talk about this one because i think we welcome sydney um i think we hear about it a lot and it's kind of just like this idea like oh golden hour like yeah like okay get it out of your system thank you um cannot um it's like every time I talk she just it's like being on the phone it's straight up like being on the phone where like I go to you know you go to talk and then all of a sudden your kid is just like oh my gosh I need you right now and I'm like I am trying to schedule a doctor's appointment anyways 
golden hour. I think we kind of hear about it. And we're like, oh, this great, yeah, like hour after, you know, birth where you get to just snuggle your baby. And obviously that's essentially what you're doing, right? It's it's that skin to skin time with your baby um, after they're born. But there is a lot happening during golden hour. It's a very important time. Um, and we're going to get into that, but like breastfeeding, bonding, baby's health, mom's stress level, hormones, all that stuff. There's so much happening during golden hour. Um, and I am happy to see that more and more hospitals are, um, making it a priority. And I know some are even doing like up to two hours, which I think is fantastic. Um, but we still, I think need to be careful about the fact that we're not interrupting that golden hour, even if baby's on mom's chest. I think sometimes we tend to still think like that means we can get stuff done while baby's on mom's chest and we still are interrupting that time. And so I think just being mindful of um, and what we're going to get into, why golden hour is important and to be kind of as hands off with it as possible and why that's something you as a parent want to be advocating for when you're, um, you know, putting down your birth plan or talking to your care team. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of this is included even with placenta as well. Um, because once your baby is born, you're not actually done being pregnant until that placenta comes out. So that placenta is a whole organ that your body has just grown specifically for your baby. And once baby's been born, that organ is no longer needed and it does need to come out. So the clamping and cutting of the cord, the placenta being born and handling of the placenta. Um, and there are some things that necessarily can't be avoided in the golden hour. So not to say that they're interventions or anything, but like mom and baby do need to be monitored just to make sure everyone's stable and everyone's doing fine. Bleeding needs to be monitored. And, um, you know, occasionally maybe doing like a fundal massage or so just to make sure that the uterus is doing what it needs to be doing. But like Abby said, that doesn't mean that all the things need to be happening all at once because I mean, first off, like mom, you just gave birth to your baby. Some moms, it takes them a hot minute to like compose themselves. Um, I mean, shoot, I was just at a birth this past week where the mom was standing up and, and giving birth to her baby and um, the midwife caught the baby. And I was kind of there helping to support as well, too, because um, she was standing and baby came out, had a, had a short cord. And so um, but the, like midwife was just standing there and she's like, would you like your baby right now? Or do you need a minute? She's like, I, I need a minute. Like, cause it, it just happens. And for some moms, they just really want to hold their baby right away. And some moms, they're just, they're in shock. There's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot to process. It may, you know, there's just a lot of emotions happening and a lot of things happening. And some moms just need a minute to process. And that's part of it too. And just allowing even yourself, like giving yourself a moment to process, even before you pick up your baby or before you handed your baby, like that's okay as well too. Like that is part of it as well, because this is your birth as much as it is your baby's as well. I love that. I really do. Just the fact that she was just like able to give her that decision, because again, that just empowers women because there's nothing wrong with needing a minute and there's nothing wrong again with like taking time to bond with your baby um, because that golden hour doesn't guarantee that you're going to have that initial bond with your baby. And that's okay, too. And we may have talked about this before. And sometimes it takes more than an hour to bond with your baby. It might take days, it might take weeks, 
that's okay. Um, but that initial golden hour is still doing so much to help build that bond, even if you're not feeling it right away. Um, hormones are being regulated, your body and baby's body are sending messages back and forth through that while you're smelling your baby's head, it's sending, um, you know, signals to your brain. And there's so much going on thermoregulation for baby. That's the best way to get your baby um, to a good temperature is after birth to put baby on your chest and you can cover baby with blankets. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but wrapping baby, you know, in a swaddle and then placing baby on your chest isn't really the best way to get baby um, warmed up. The best way is skin to skin on your chest or even dad's chest. If there's, you know, um, a C-section involved and you're not able to do skin to skin, that's a great way to still kind of get that golden hour in. But skin to skin is so good for baby and babies do not need hats right away, if, especially if they being held by mom. I swear that is like, I don't know why nurses hone in on that hat at hospital birth. <laughs> Just don't it's, get it. I had my doula trainer was really big on like getting rid of hats like she would like sneak them out like she straight <laughs> up would just I feel like she was just snatching them because she hated the fact that like hats are being put on babies because it doesn't it doesn't help regulate their temperature it doesn't help keep them warmer um that that's the best way to do that is being on mom like I, and not just in the first day but especially that first week too um but yeah there's I mean you have all these benefits and we, we've I don't know if we've touched on this before I think we have we've talked about postpartum a bit before we've talked about um a little bit about like you know probably a little bit about breastfeeding here and there but that first like so the moment the placenta is born and baby like baby's born placenta's born you have a massive shift in hormones that happen so a big hormone that goes into um baby's development and to carrying the pregnancy is progesterone. So progesterone is really high when you're pregnant because that's what helps keep the pregnancy going. That's what helps keeps um, everything healthy and well. Um, and when progesterone is up, the other hormone that's on the opposite end of that seesaw prolactin is down. So these two hormones can't both be high or low at the same time. One is up and one is down. And when one goes down, the other should go up. Like that is how the natural, like our natural system works. Um, so progesterone is meant for the pregnancy. Prolactin is meant for milk supply. Like that is the hormone that really helps with milk supply. So when baby's born, progesterone takes a huge drop. It just does because prolactin has to go up in order for that breast milk to start to come in because baby ideally we want to have baby on the breast within that first hour, not only to signal to the body. Yes, we need prolactin to be made. Um, it helps number two for oxytocin to keep going, to allow that uterus to keep clamping back down to its pre-pregnancy size. I am sorry to say that any moms that this is your second, third, fourth kiddo, those after cramps do get worse with every kid just because our uterus has done this before it starts to get a little lazy and it just, it, it just, oh man, our body is just tired. So those after cramps do get a bit more with every child, um, so babe, but baby breastfeeding helps with that. It helps to encourage our uterus to clamp back down, to stop bleeding. 
Um, and then also too, it's, uh, again, helping with not only your hormone regulation, but also that bonding with baby and establishing the milk supply. So there's just so many benefits to even the breastfeeding in, in the first hour. And when mom's left undisturbed and baby's left undisturbed, that can happen way easier because they're just allowed to work together and have that time because it doesn't have to happen in the first like few minutes that baby's born. Like, I think there's some sort of, I don't say like anxiety surrounding it, but that some moms think like, oh, my baby was born. I need to like breast, like get baby needs to get on the breast like immediately. Um, and that's, that's not the case. Like baby goes through wake and awake and alert stage. And then they get a little sleepy and then they start to wake back up again. And then they start rooting. Like they go through these different stages and that's them processing things as well. Just like it takes mom a few moments to process. It takes baby a few moments to process this birth too. Um, and so those, that's why it's okay that, you know, baby isn't on the breast, like immediately after they're born, like they're not hungry immediately when they're born, they've had, they have a stomach full of amniotic fluid, but there's just so many benefits to like, even just breastfeeding with end skin to skin in that first hour. Yeah. And if you look up videos, I think it's called the breast crawl. You can find videos up YouTube and it's this really neat thing and like Maggie said babies will go through stages is it seven stages or nine I think it's nine okay I have to look at that again but yeah and they go through these stages just naturally and like when we like Maggie said when we just kind of leave mom and baby to do this skin to skin which is the, like the natural way um uh, baby will eventually just kind of do this like little crawl up to mom's breast um, and they'll find it on their own. And and not every baby will do this, but there are some videos you can watch and it's a really cute little thing to see because um, that reflex doesn't stay, but um, you can usually see it in the first hour or so. And it's so cute to watch. Um, but there's, you know, um, there's so much to it. I mean, just the way our bodies are designed, like the the glands around your nipple, um, many people say are has a similar scent um, that's released when you, um, after giving birth, that's similar to the smell of amniotic fluid. That is real, right, Maggie? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Maggie's the breastfeeding expert now. Like I took a very basic, like baby friendly course when I was working at the hospital. So I always double check with her. Um, but yeah, and that like, that just goes to show um, how beautifully we're designed for this and how that, that natural process of, I mean, just watching birth videos, it, nobody has to really tell moms um, to pull their baby onto their chest. That is just a natural instinct, typically. Um, so I'm not, Maggie had to get me to do it a little because I was just out of it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, you were like, reach yeah. out baby. Um, and sometimes that's fine, but it's typically very natural for moms to just grab their baby and put them on their chest when they're ready. And that's just to show the natural process of birth and how we're made. And again, like your, you know, your body has, is, you know, giving off this sense that the baby is used to, to help them find the breast. Just, it's just amazing to think about like the design and how we were made with so much purpose. You know, we weren't just like, you know, people say like 
we evolved from whatever. We won't get into that. But there is so much purpose behind our design and the design in birth. And God just thought of everything. Like no human being could come up with this. They just couldn't. No. It's incredible. And even the fact that like your body odor is so strong is many people feel when after having a baby, a lot of moms will notice like your armpits will smell like 20 times worse than normal. Even though my husband swears it's not, I'm like, it totally is. It's so bad after having um and there's a few reasons. A lot of times you're sweating off that extra fluid that you put on in terms of blood volume while you were pregnant. Um, but your body is also putting off some extra strong scents. And many people believe it has to do with, again, helping baby find your breast because your armpit is closed. And so they can smell you. They don't think you smell bad. So it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> also, our senses are heightened once we have a baby too. So keep that in mind. We smell more. Um, and our senses are heightened for good reason. It's to help protect our kids. It's to help protect our baby to make sure we're not going to give them anything that's spoiled or rotten or that we smell when there's danger and stuff. So there's a reason our senses are heightened once we have babies, let alone kids. But um, so yeah, we also smell our BO a little bit more <laughs> than our husbands do too. I will say that. That is that is something I learned. And I was like, that makes so much sense because you God. swear so much. But yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that being said, I love that. Like keeping this golden hour as a sacred space, just as much as we kept our birth space, a sacred space is important. These are moments that you're meeting your child in your arms and looking into their, into their eyes. They're looking into your eyes for the very first time. And these are moments you, you don't recreate Um, and so being able to help and to keep the space sacred is huge. And for some moms that's continuing to play their work, like I know moms who have continued playing their like worship, like worship music or continued, like having the, you know, different resources on, like if it was the made for this app or Christian hypnobirthing app, whatever it is, but keeping that going during this time, um, or having like a specific playlist that's a bit softer that they can play during this time, um, keeping voices low and hushed, or even just encouraging and especially it's a little bit harder in a hospital setting, but requesting that the staff keep talk to a minimum at this time because parents are just trying to bond with their baby. And your baby knows the sound of your voice and they know the sound of your voice and your husband's voice and any other family member too. If you have siblings that are there, um, like they've heard their voice every single day and they know those voices. Um, So keeping other voices and sounds down to a minimum and if necessary, like trying to just talk minimally, even talk in like a whispered tone just to help keep that space sacred. Um, even just saying a prayer afterward of Thanksgiving is so good. Like my personal favorites, like the Magnificat, like that's a whole prayer of Thanksgiving and praise that um, Mary literally said um, to God. And we literally have it written out. I mean, it's the evening canticle, right? That we, my family prays it every single day, um, the Magnificat. And it's just, it's just such a beautiful prayer. And I know that that's something that's a beautiful prayer to pray after you have a baby. Cause you're just thanking God for, 
this this beautiful gift for you know hopefully a safe and healthy healthy birth for you know all the people who helped welcome your baby into the world and it's it's just it's a beautiful thing to be able to do to help keep that space sacred so just keep that in mind because i think a lot of moms sometimes think like well i had the baby and now like this this journey is like over you know like i mean having your baby is is the beginning of this journey and so continuing that sacredness on into this this golden hour where it's this beautiful time of of bonding um keeping phone messages to a minimum you know like don't call people right away just enjoy this time with like you know the three of you in the room it, it's just something that you don't you're not going to be able to get back and you can share your baby afterward with everyone. You can share the pictures later. Um, but like, just, just keep that space sacred ish. And, and the families I've seen that happen in the times we have done it has been a, just an amazing environment that I, I, I highly recommend to people. So, you know, I don't want to say set you up for success because um, and we're going to get into this in a minute and talk about like what happens when you um, don't get that golden hour because that does happen. Um, but there, it is in a way very helpful long term because it does help with that shift in your hormones. It helps with breastfeeding. It helps mom process, you know, the birth and you know, um, kind of just like oh, what happened? And again, like we've talked about this before, that birth is a process. And, you know, when you, you have to kind of go through it and, you know, you come out the other side and that's kind of the same way with that first hour, like you still need to process it. And for so many years, it was the norm in hospitals to just immediately like baby came out and they would just, you know, take baby away, wrap baby up, whatever. Um, and now they're, you know, they're kind of going back to that golden hour and respecting it because it really is important. Um, and it does play a role. And it's not just, again, it's not just to cuddle your baby. It has a purpose. Um, and we really do need to start respecting that. And, you know, I've even had some couples, like the mom has offered for the dad to do skin to skin after like 30 minutes. And I've, I've even seen the nurses be like, oh, no, 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 like full hour with mom first. And then dad can have babies. So I'm so glad to see that change, that shift in hospital. But again, I think we still need to be respecting um, the space that it's happening in. Yeah, absolutely. And there, I mean, there are certain things that you can, you know, just make sure of to help encourage the golden hour, especially if you are in a hospital birth. So if you're in an out of hospital birth, most birth centers or home birth midwives will already have these things. Like they're the standard of care where they, you know, like baby's just going to come right to you that you're, you know, they're going to check your vitals just to make sure everything's good. They're going to listen to baby, make sure everything's good, check bleeding once placenta is born. And then they're like, okay, everyone's stable and good take some time. Like we're not doing newborn, we're not doing the newborn, um, exam right now. Like just take your time bond. We'll let, like check in to see how everything's going. And we're right here if you need us. However, the hospital, if you know, they, they do have their way of doing things. So some things just to keep in mind to help protect the golden hour at the hospital is to just make sure that you request that baby does stay with you. Um, so you can ask to delay all of those newborn procedures that happen, whether it's that you're doing any of the, um, 
the shots or any of the um like the erythromycin, the eye ointment, vitamin K, like you can ask to delay all those things. So one thing with the erythromycin, the eye ointment is it can, it does blurry baby's vision, which can impede that bonding. So that is something that is really important just to take note if you're somebody who does want that um, erythromycin on the eyes, then just ask to have that like after that first hour or so. So that way you can not only you're looking at baby, but baby's able to better look at you. Um, asking to make sure that they do like a weight and all those measurements after the first hour as well. Baby's weight is not going to change that much, especially in that first hour or so. So asking to delay those things can help. Um, if you do need to be sutured, you can request it. You can still hold on to baby while you're being sutured. Um, most moms are okay with that, but some moms, if it does become too much and you're, you're just like not able to hold on to baby, you can always pass baby to your husband and they can hold on to baby. And like Gabby was saying, do skin to skin during sutures. I know I had to do that with my son just because, um, I just needed some sutures because he came so fast and, um, it was just too much for me to try to like navigate holding him while I was getting my sutures. And so I did pass him off to my husband who like sat in the chair and just like rocked him skin to skin. Um, but also to, you know, like I don't like every hospital is a little bit different. So just requesting ultimately just to keep baby with you in those first couple of hours is just huge. And so mo like Abby was saying, a lot of hospitals are moving toward doing that, but don't just assume that because we're talking about it, or maybe like your family member's hospital or friend's hospital has those policies in place. Don't assume that yours does like always ask to see, um, you know, what is their quote standard of care and then note what your desires are. And if you have a doula, make sure that they're aware of these desires as well too, because it's not your job to be on the lookout and like keeping a close eye on these things. When you have your baby, your job is to bond with baby. And so that's something to let your doula know. That's something to let your husband know, but even then your husband's bonding with baby, like your husband is, this is the first time he's meeting your child um, because he hasn't had that closeness in the womb that you've had. And so he's just as excited, even if not more, because he hasn't had that connection to meet your child. And so making sure though, that you have someone like a doula to be able to note what's happening and being like, Hey, you know, they're going to start cutting the cord. Is that what you want? Or like, Hey, they're like talking about doing these procedures. Is that what you want right now? So just take note of those things. If you are in the hospital to try to help protect that golden hour. Yeah. And something we haven't really focused on yet is we've been talking a lot this whole time is how important it is for mom. Um, and we, and we mentioned thermoregulation stuff, but for baby, this is an important time too. You know, baby just went through um, the birth canal. They went through the birthing experience with you, right? They went through um, all of this labor, birth, they're all of a sudden in this room where they, you know, they've been living inside in these tight quarters where they've been nestled under mom's heart. And then all of a sudden they're just out in the world and there's sounds and there's smells and there's, you know, lights and it's just a different world. And for them to be able to just be placed on mom's chest and hear that heartbeat and smell her 
and hear her voice so close to them and know like this is her this is who I've been waiting to meet I know her um that that time for baby is important too and that's why we have to protect that time as well because it's not just important for mom it's important for baby too um they need to bond with you too and you know they they have no idea what they just went through they have no they're just along for the ride right um so having that safe place on your chest to just take it all in and like maggie said you know having their erythromycin put on their eyes can um prevent some of that bonding because it does kind of cloud their vision. And that's, that goes to show you how important them seeing you is. It's important. It's not just, Oh, look, they're looking at me. No, it's meaningful and it is bonding. It is, it is a lifelong thing. So we have, we have to do better about protecting that time and space for mother and baby. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because as soon, I mean, regardless before baby's born after baby's born there are two people in care there are two people who are being cared for and we have to remember that and you have to make sure that your provider knows that because not every provider is on board with that or has the same thought process with that and it is it is a very sad thing it's a very sad reality especially in our um, maternal care in the united states so when you're making these decisions, when you're, you know, you're thinking about these things, when you're trying to protect that space, like you're protecting it for, for like Abby said, for mom and baby, there are two people. Um, and you're protecting that space for the family as a whole, even with the husband too, like that, that's bonding time for him as well. And so just making sure that you keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, so what happens if, you know, Gabby, what happens if, you know, like a C-section happens or, you know, baby has to go to the NICU or baby um, needs, you know, because of hospital policy, a lot of times with meconium, some they'll, they'll call in the extra NICU nurses and have to, you know, extra monitor baby just to make sure that something didn't happen. Like, what do you do if the golden hour doesn't go according to plan? Uh, you continue to focus on bonding and it might take more time. And I think it's just recognizing that like, okay, we didn't get that initial first, you know, hour, but we're going to work really hard on the next few hours that we have. And so just being intentional, skin to skin, so important. Um, smelling your baby, breastfeeding, um, doing whatever you can, again, to protect that space. Um, if you're having, if you know, if you're having like baby's shots done, ask that they be done on your chest or while you're breastfeeding. Um, these are like, these may, might seem like little ways. Um, but again, it's, it's the same thing you would do during golden hour, but you just continue to do it. Right. And you'd be very intentional with it um, because it can feel a little harder to build that bond when it's not initially um, there. And it might not be that way for everybody and that's okay, but sometimes it does take a little bit longer. So just be more intentional with um, asking them, please don't swaddle the baby. I'm just gonna hold the baby on my chest. You know, like always ask for the baby to be placed skin to skin instead of being placed swaddled in the bassinet. And it's like, if you need a break from holding the baby, that's fine but give the baby to dad for skin to skin. Um, 
you know, pass baby back and forth as much as you can. That's really all you should be focusing on um, afterwards is bonding with baby and doing whatever you can, asking visitors to maybe stay away for a few days so you can have that bond. We, um, when Ryland came home from the NICU, we asked um, family to wait another week before coming to visit him um, because we needed that time at home to bond without the noise of everything else that was happening. And we needed that time as a family. So again, give yourself time. Like if you don't get that golden hour, you might just need more time. So be intentional with it. Um, protect your space, protect your little family and just work on bonding and doing whatever yeah. you Absolutely. And the one thing I'd even add to that too, is if for some reason your baby has to, like you, your baby can't be with you, especially in that first hour, hand express, hand express colostrum. Um, and there's, there's multiple benefits for that. Number one, you're able to, um, you can hand express colostrum into like a small little cup that you can request from a nurse. So then that way you can harvest it and feed it to your baby, whether it's by a spoon, it's by a cup. And yes, you can spoon and cup feed a newborn. I, I think it's an amazing thing to do. And it's better than bottle feeding if you, if you're able to have that option. Um, so number one, you're able to get that good colostrum, especially if your baby is, in the NICU, um, that's really beneficial for them. Um, or even if your baby just needs to be monitored for a little bit, that's still going to be very beneficial to them because colostrum is, um, it's the first type of milk that you've been developing since you've been like 20 some weeks. And, um, especially it helps to patch up any of the little like holes that are still in the intestines and in the stomach. Um, cause it's the same consistency as amniotic fluid. And that's why the breast smells like amniotic fluid. And there's, again, it's so intentionally designed and there's a purpose for it. And there's so many benefits for baby getting colostrum, especially in those first two days. And so hand expressing some to be able to get to baby is fantastic. You can do it with your hand. You don't need to have a hospital grade pump. It's more effective when you do it with your hand. The second benefit is it just helps establish that milk supply from the get-go. So the earlier, if you're able to establish your milk supply in that first hour, that's going to help launch your breastfeeding journey and help to get it off on the right foot. Especially if you know, like I may have a bit of a rough journey ahead of me, that's just going to help you get on the right foot, like from the get-go and just help even more so to get things going. So um, there's some great videos out there on how to hand express. It's really not that hard. Um, it seems more intimidating than what it is, but it is something that's a great tool to have, whether or not even your baby ends up in the NICU or your baby has to go be monitored. Because if you find yourself without a pump, if you find yourself engorged, if you find yourself you know, without an outlet or a battery that fails, like you're able to then hand express them to relieve the engorgement until you can get, you know, to your baby or cause you're in the traffic jam going home or like, you know, you're like something you're late getting back to your kiddo or whatever the reason is. You're just, you have this tool that you're able to utilize to help yourself and your baby as well. So I, yeah, just hand express in that first hour, if you're not able to establish like an actually breastfeed, physically breastfeed your child in the first hour, hand express colostrum is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something else I just remember, I just were talking that I did um, with Ryland, especially those first couple of weeks home 
was to kind of facilitate that bonding is that we would take a bath together. And I think it was special because I took a lot of baths while pregnant and I used that time to kind of like relax and breathe and think about like the birth and all of that. And so again, it, I love the first bath or couple baths for babies because you can kind of see them like register that feeling like, oh, I, I know what water feels like, right? They lived in it for months. Um, I, I love that moment on a baby's face. Um, so that was something very special for us. And so like I would turn the lights down and it would just be really peaceful and quiet and just something about the water and it was soothing. Um, so that's something else you can try. Take a bath with your baby in those first, you know, few, well, you know, once you're um, allowed to take a bath again, when your provider says it's fine, um, getting in the bathtub with your little baby can be really helpful to facilitate that bonding because it's very soothing for them as well. Um, and again, if you're not, able to, you know, breastfeed, or you're not able to have the golden hour, we are not saying you won't have a bond with your baby. You know, I didn't breastfeed Ryland. Um, I did in the beginning. And then um, because he needed surgery on his bowels, he could not um, take anything in by mouth. Um, so he was fed through um, a pick line in his leg for like three weeks. Um, before we introduced anything else. And so I pumped, but again, there was no breastfeeding happening. Um, but we did lots of skin to skin in the NICU. And, um, you know, we continued that when we got home. So there, and, you know, we bottle fed. So there were ways for me to bond with that as well. So you just remember that if things don't go ideally, it, it doesn't mean you're not going to bond with your baby. Um, Sometimes it makes it a little harder in the beginning, but that's okay. You just have to work a little harder. And it doesn't say anything about you as a mother um, at all. It really doesn't. It might feel like it, but it absolutely does not. We cannot control everything. Um, and sometimes things happen and sometimes we make choices and that's okay. That's okay. I've heard baby massage can be a really great way to bond with your baby too. So like, and there's some great videos out there to look up how to do like a baby massage because it can help with their own, like with, um, digestion for babies. If your baby has gas, it can be really helpful too, just to like how, like the certain movements that you're doing. But I've heard that that's even like a really great way to bond with baby or to help your husband bond with baby more too. If like your husband's struggling with bonding with baby, just because sometimes husbands do get a little jealous that mom gets a lot of this bonding time with baby because of all the benefits that happen for both mom and baby. Like some husbands just feel a little left out in this whole thing because they're not really partaking in this golden hour. Like some of them really want to, cause they, they're just so excited to see their son or daughter and they just can't. So I've heard baby massage can be a really great way to bond with baby as well too. I love that. I never would have thought of that. And just remember like bonding is it's a lifelong thing you know mm -hmm. it just happened in those first few months like we we continue to bond um with our babies as they get older and older um so just continuing to do those things like baby massage or when they get older um you know like music classes I know a lot of parents like taking their babies to those and just things like that um so don't don't get too stuck in the like I didn't have the golden hour because I will tell you Ryland and I are extremely bonded now um it took a while but he and I are <laughs> he and I are almost one <laughs> yeah. you know um yeah. so yeah it 
it, it will happen even if it takes time. Yeah, that's, and that's just a really good reminder, I think for all of us. Cause yeah, sometimes golden hour does not go as planned, just like birth doesn't go as planned and that's okay. Um, even like, and that goes to breastfeeding journeys too. Like sometimes moms think like, yeah, if I don't breastfeed, then I'm not getting that same bonding with my baby. And, you know, we bond, we find those ways. And sometimes it's very creative ways to bond with our kids. And like Gabby says, like bonding is a continuation. Like we're still bonding with our kids as they continue to grow older and older. Um, Even with like, like, my goodness, I just went like consignment sales shopping with my mom a couple of weeks ago and that's us bonding, you know, like, and, and I'm very much not a kid anymore. So, you know, we're always like striving to bond with our kids. Um, and hopefully that they will want to continue that bond as they get older. Right. And so, um, so whether it's you, you start off on the right foot, you know, with the, the perfect, you know, the perfect golden hour or, you have to wait a few days or a few weeks to begin that bonding because of, you know, a NICU stay or because of a procedure. It's, you can still make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we talked about this. It's a good one. It's good. I love it. It's Mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing to witness when the family has their little golden hour. So much so that I like to excuse myself during it because I don't want to be a presence or get in the way of it because it is just such a beautiful thing to see a family finally be united outside the womb and and it's yeah it's just amazing it truly is so yeah I'd love to like hear how people keep that sacred because it is it is a beautiful is a beautiful sacred time for a family mm-hmm. agreed so yeah before we go we would again just like to ask that if you're getting something out of this podcast you enjoy anything we have to say like if you could please leave a review because Vaggie and I just we just do this as like as a fun thing um we take time to like plan these out we take time to record um and you know to do all the things behind the scenes um so it's just nice when we get feedback from you guys that like this is actually beneficial like we can see that people are are listening um, and we love that and, like people are following um, but when we get that feedback through like a review or a rating or even a message like it just tells us like oh okay we're actually doing something it just it really helps bolster us and it'll help us continue to put the podcast out there I mean yeah that's it's we hear about it too like through the grapevine as well like oh like so-and-so listens to your podcast um yeah reviews help for sure um, shout out to a mom who sent me a review, like not a review, but she like sent me like some really positive Aww. things with the podcast. Like she just texted me. So like, even those little things are just like, oh, wow. Like, that's really cool to know that we are just helping in some way that this is something that like, we're not just talking into a void, you know, like this is something that is helpful. So yeah, maybe we'll start to do like reading some reviews on the air. I don't know if you guys listen to beautiful one midwifery, but they'll read reviews on the air and they're just so fun to like read. So yeah, we'd love to know how we're impacting you if we are impacting you. Yeah. It would just be helpful from one mom to another. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're all doing this together. Well, even like I'll, I'll read this now. Cause even like this mom or summarize it, but this mom was like saying how it's encouraging that we started this podcast 
and thinking that we have to have time, like we have to time everything correctly with, you know, babies and business and motherhood. And we just took up, we take pauses. Like we, um, we took a pause even when we first began because Gabby had her baby, like right after we immediately started and it was fantastic. And it, it's, we were just like, life happens. And it made, she was saying it made me feel really, oh, was it? it made me feel really brave about just persevering and not worrying about timing. So even just the concept of our podcast has affected somebody, let alone the content. So we love hearing these things. So please share. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> right. It's just like it warmed my little heart yesterday hearing yes. that. So yeah, any any feedback you guys have, positive feedback. <laughs> if you don't like something we have to say, just message us. That's right. We can talk about That's it. Fine. Also, continue messaging us any ideas or any topics you want us to do. I know Gabby got like, you've got quite a few ideas from people um, that we're going to dive into um, over time. So keep sending them in because it helps continue to not only give us that idea, but then we'll start talking and we're like, oh, then we can go off on this and talk about this and this. And um, that is really helpful for us as well, too, to know what it is that you guys want to hear as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well... We'll let you go until next time then. It's been real, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Blessed Be Birth podcast. Please know that none of the information we shared on this podcast is medical advice and should not be taken as such. If you want to connect with us, please follow us on Instagram at Blessed Be Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please subscribe and leave us a review so we can continue to reach even more amazing, faithful women. Thanks so much. And remember to invite God in.